Well, shit. Hello and welcome to Civil War in Hindsight, a very special Civil War in Hindsight. With me, as always, is Prospector Johnny. And Prospector, uh, you, I think you finally got your wish, because uh, war's on! War's happening. Official yeah, well, war. Uh, well, not an official war. But okay, we'll so there. still a bunch of nothing garbage. That Nothing important happened this week. Uh, and no. we're just getting closer. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, no, 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 no. Fort Sumner is going to be fired upon by the Confederates. And Fort Sumner will return fire on April 11th. Those. As you're watching this, as it goes live. Yep. Those dirty, rotten rebels. So let me let me walk you through it, Johnny. On the evening of April 11th, Beauregard, Confederate General Beauregard, is going to write a letter to his military academy friend, uh, Major Anderson, who's in Fort Sumner. Yep. He's going to request that he surrender Fort Sumner to the Confederates. He essentially states that uh, asking Major Anderson to just name a time name a place and name a date of his surrender. And as long as he agrees not to fire upon them, they will not fire upon him until the ultimate date of surrender is given. Okay. You said, you said they're, they're military, they're, friends from military Academy. Yes. Yes. So they, uh, so uh, they go way back. So this is just, this is, this is what we're taught. Like, this is going to be like friends fighting each other. If they do this shit like this is, and they are, yeah, they they're, know each other. They do and know he's each like, other. you got to surrender and give it up. Because I'm sure he thought his friend is just going to do that, right? Uh, well, I mean, yeah. Uh, Beauregard is going to send the letter with his aides, uh, Chestnut, S.D. Lee, and Chisholm. Uh, we talked about them last week uh, mm -hmm. where they went off and did the, the first, you know, hey, will you surrender? And right, yeah. Said, and he's like, I'm <laughs> not going to do it. <laughs> no. And, and then Beauregard was told by the, uh, the Secretary of War of the Confederacy that, hey, no, look, ask again. Yeah, try a second time. So Beauregard, maybe if it comes from somebody, yeah, he knows yeah. and uh, has a history with, he'd be like, oh, well, maybe. Now, I wonder who was better in school. Because uh, if Anderson did better, he's going to be like, no, I'm not going to surrender to that joker. He, like, he, he failed all his classes. <laughs> maybe. It'd be like you asking me to surrender, and I'm like, that guy failed everything, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything that we took together. Uh, Major Anderson is going to talk over with his men this new new formal request to surrender, which does arrive to him at 1245 in the morning, like I said, by Beauregard's aides. They do arrive to Fort Sumner on the little rowboat, waving a white flag again. So just like... It, so, okay, week. so 1245 in the morning. So a so midnight. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is, this is now, we are now into April 12th, uh, uh, midnight. Yeah. yeah, just after. And so they're rowing this little boat in the dark with a white flag towards people who have are guns. hopefully going to see it. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> At 3.45 in the morning, Major Anderson will reply to, uh, to P.T. Beauregard, and he's going to say that, listen, uh, if I do not receive reinforcements, if I do not see, receive uh, uh, supplies, or if I do not get any new orders by April 15th, you can be assured of my surrender at noon on April 15th. Okay. Sounds like Major okay. Anderson is, is naming a time. He's naming a place. Yeah. He's basically he's, saying, let me, I got it. I mean, obviously I have to talk to my superiors and figure all this out before I can do anything. But like he, he told him when he wants to do it. So he's got what? Four days. Yeah. A couple of days point. here, uh, three days, but yeah, three a couple days. days. Well, Three, four if you count you know they're in midnight so it is it i is mean but they odd, do have to there's that odd back day. and, and <laughs> it's gonna take a bit so um uh 
Beauregard is notified uh, that, uh, yeah, not going to surrender until the 15th. And, and the thing is, Beauregard knows that, uh, that Lincoln has already said that he's sending supplies down. Yeah. They can see the boats are coming yeah. <laughs> off the coast. Yeah. So, uh, so this is not acceptable to Beauregard, uh, who is going so. to uh, to send back his reply and say, "Listen, uh, you have one hour to comply, or um, or we're going to go ahead and open up." Wait, what's that? That's he, so he's a liar. He, he's he a is. dirty, dirty traitor and a liar because he straight up told him, "Name a time, name a place, name a date, whatever." And Which he did. He Which did. You did. And then he's like, "Well, uh, not that date, time, and place. I wanted a different one. You have one." I Hour now, uh, one hour now. To did, did he turn over? Did he turn like sinisterly turn over an hourglass and sit there and watch <laughs> it counting you know down? I, I really hope that he did sit <laughs> down an hourglass. Uh, at four thirty in the morning, Major Anderson has not complied. His hour is now up, and uh, like I said, at four thirty in the morning, the first <laughs> shot of these, the, you know, this potential civil war is fired uh, from Captain George James's position at Fort Johnson. Uh, what he does is he fires a mortar round over the fort that explodes over the fort, which signals all the other Confederate guns to go ahead and. Uh, oh, so he's like open a flare, like like firework. Like it's kind of like a flare. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like a flare. It's a signal to let all the other guns know. Now, uh, uh, Beauregard's that seems plan. Bad. It's it's bad because <laughs> Beauregard's plan here is that he's going to have every one of his guns fire in a counterclockwise motion around the fort. So okay, keep yeah. in mind, like we've discussed all the way up to this point, the Confederates have surrounded Fort Sumter yep. by forts, and they've even have built a uh, a floating battery, which is basically a bunch of guns on a, on a raft. They've spent the last, that out into the channel. They've spent the last month just pointing guns at Fort Sumter. Yep. The entire so past month. Yep. So they're going to fire in a counterclockwise position uh, with a two minute interval between each gun going off. So it's not a constant barrage in that every second there's guns going right. off, but it's every two minutes. And this is specifically designed to conserve ammunition because they don't got a lot. They don't got a lot. <laughs> and they do have enough to do that for two minutes for okay. up to 48 hours. So, I mean, it's they have a lot of ammunition, but it's not a lot of ammunition. All right. So quick question. Fort Sumter is obviously a fort. People are inside of it. They are firing cannons and muskets or uh, cannons, cannons. Can't yeah. just they're cannons. Out, they're out of rifle. Yeah, they're out of rifle range. Okay, so they're not firing. Okay, so the cannons are doing any sort of damage to the fort at this point? Uh, are they just slamming into banks and making noise? Uh, uh, we we will get there in, in, in just a second. Um, the first shot of the war was actually offered to a, a Roger Pryor who declined, saying, "I could not fire the first gun of the war." I said, "Nope, I don't want to. I don't want to go in, down in history." Yeah, but that motherfucker uh, fired the second or third one though. As that guy, the legend has it that Edmund Ruffin, a Virginian, uh, would would fire the first shot, but uh, but he he didn't. He also All, didn't. Yeah, no, he also no one no one wants to be the guy. No one wants to be the guy, except by all likelihood, that flare was sent up by a Henry S. Farley. Although, again, we don't really know for sure who was the who was the guy on the lanyard that pulled the first cannon. Around. So, did, like everybody turn their backs and just like lights and like poke around with a hot stick to light the wick or whatever. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, just exactly like that. Like, now, a first... like a like a firing range or whatever with a death. Yeah. <laughs> so, for the first few hours of this uh, of this barrage, Major Anderson does not reply. Uh, to give you an idea of what's going on inside what? the fort, he has a whopping 84 men at his disposal. Now they do <laughs> 84 men. Now they do uh, have 60 guns that are ready to fire. Uh, 
Okay. But a fully armed crew on I a mean, cannon is is four dudes on the gun itself. Then you have a gunner who aims the gun. Then you have a powder monkey who brings a charge from the limber box up to the gun. And then you have the guy who's at the limber box giving her out the ammunition. So you really need for a good full full crew, uh, seven guys. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And they have how many so guns? They have 84, 84 soldiers and, okay. and 60 guns. That, that, that math doesn't work out too well. No, it does not work out. So they have, the way Fort Sumner is positioned is they have two levels. So you have a lower level and an upper parapet. The upper parapet is completely abandoned. All the guns there, they're not going to fire. They're not going to use. They're going to stay down in the lower parapet where it's better protected from incoming artillery fire. Okay. And man the guns as best they can. But again, you've got 84 Which is not dudes. well. And also, <laughs> where, where are you shooting? Guns. You're getting fired upon from what? Every direction. Three yeah. sides? Mm-hmm. So yes. they, they've got, I mean, what are they going to f- shoot at with their, with their measly... What? So for the first few hours, while have, it's dark, and again, road. Major Anderson does not have a lot of supplies himself. So for the first few hours, while it's dark, he just says, uh, "Hang tight, guys. We'll just." I mean, what are you gonna do? It's just, gonna, it, it's just it. like lack of sleep. And, and also, when do these guys sleep? Because good God, it's been. <laughs> they start getting messages at midnight. Now it's four a.m., five a.m., whatever the hell time it Shots is. Shots getting and fired. Yep. They're just getting rained on. At dawn around 7 a.m., Major Anderson will order his guns to return fire, such as they were, uh, thus effectively acknowledging a state of war. I mean, you're, uh, yeah, you're, you're we, no we, longer just getting hit by your younger brother. You're now hitting him back, back. in the face. Because um, up to this point, there have been shots fired by the Confederacy against yep. the Union, but there's never been reciprocation. Now right. we actually have reciprocation. I mean, and at this point, you can't go back now. You can't be like, oh, my bad. Uh, I didn't mean to. Yeah. Uh, During the 12th, um, during the day of the 12th, as the day progresses into the noon, Fort Sumner's barrack is actually going to catch fire by Confederates using what's called hot shot. Now, what this means is the Confederates take the the cannonball and they put it in a furnace before loading it into the gun so that the, the round is nice and hot. So that way, when it hits, it's more likely to cause fire. Oh, shit. That what? That's awful. (laughs) <laughs> well and so it does catch <laughs> fire is this so common now, is it has this is this something that's been been done it, it's common in older war as as technology increases uh if the confederates were using more modern artillery pieces they would have had few shots uh more explosive ordinances uh, so, uh, so they would but, have had stuff that was worse but they they just didn't have they're, them so, they're okay. using hot shot war is awful is basically what you're <laughs> war, war is awful is what i'm saying uh now for the day major anderson now has to spend his time fighting the fire and trying to return fire as best as he can with his 84 <laughs> with his yeah 84 pointed days. at i mean good god what are you gonna hit you're not gonna hit anything you're not gonna save your ammo now to make matters even worse for major anderson he didn't have a lot of pre-made powder bags so how this how the cannons work is you have a a cotton bag that fill, that's filled with powder a pound of gunpowder okay. usually for about a 10 pound gun for a 10 pound gun uh and so that gets rammed down the barrel and then the round on top of it okay and it goes off and then that's well, what he didn't lit. he had plenty of gunpowder in barrels but he didn't have the pre-made cotton 
sacks to hold. And the, I'm guessing the, the it's not powder. a good idea to just dump some loose powder into the bottom of a can and then jam a can a ball. On you top. you can do it, but it's not you know it's not the best way to do it. What now, does that uh, cause? Does that so, mess? Does it cause more buildup and resident? Like is it in less of a charge? It, it's hard to uh, it's hard to to know that what what charge you're putting in if you're just kind of like taking a, a keg just of powder and just and so and you just could overdo it, it too. Yeah. so you could overdo it and blow up the whole cannon basically exactly okay. so he's he's running out of he's quickly running out of these pre-made cotton bags and now he's got to scrounge around to find a way to make improvised cotton bags and he turns to his own uh wardrobe and uses cotton shirts to quickly half-assedly sew up I mean, some powder bags for himself. Okay, and then I assume he has scales to weigh it in their prep, <laughs> prepping and everything or something. Or he's, sure, he's just like it's sure. in a bag now at least. I don't know. It's a, About that size. <laughs> there you go. There you is go. It, is it bigger than a bread box? Hey, right now during the siege, citizens uh, were actually uh, interested in this whole thing because now the war has kicked off. So around Charleston Harbor, well, I'm have, guessing it's loud. So <laughs> loud. Uh, and around so around Charleston Harbor, you have all the citizens from 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 Charleston sitting on top of the rooftops, going "Woo, fireworks!" <laughs> I mean, it's like the Fourth of July. Come on, this is great. Cheers go up across the entire South. Yay, we're showing those dirty blue coats. You know those 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 war of northern aggressioners. What's yeah. going on? I even who who first. after after we fired at them counterclockwise <laughs> every two minutes, they decided to return fire eventually. After after, after you know first shot at four thirty, return fire doesn't happen till seven. So I mean, two and a half hours <laughs> of just just taking it. You're gonna um, hit your brother back too. I know you will. Eventually, like, <laughs> now Major Anderson does get a little bit of uh, a little bit of luck on his side because as as nightfall comes, a big rainstorm shower comes in as well and extinguishes all the fires for him. Uh, so well, hey, fortuitous! I feel like God has decided who wins this war already. <laughs> he will order his men not to sleep because he does fear that there is a potential land invasion coming of the fort. He's thinking, and and also, I mean, why boats. wouldn't you just stay up for forty-eight consecutive hours fighting in some type of hellish situation? Yeah, why not? Uh, Vasa Foxes, you, you know, the United States Vasa Fox, he's now arrived with his fleet uh, to reinforce Fort Sumner at 6 okay, p.m. on good. the 12th. But the heavy fire coming from the forts around Fort Sumner uh, kind of prevent them from getting to. to yeah, so they're they're like, they're there. Yeah. They can see it. So, Cruising so Major around Anderson on the is, outside, staying yeah. out of range of all the fire because it's basically, it's like, a, a, yeah, it's, it's like running through a gauntlet at that point. Yeah, Major Anderson is looking across and he goes, "Hey, hey, reinforce!" Oh, but they're not coming. <laughs> but they they can't get here. Uh, they should send uh, a rowboat. Um, that seems well, to be the only way to get anything to the to get anything to the fort. Something, yes. Uh, the morning of the thirteenth uh, comes bad weather and rough seas, which would also prevent Fox's men from getting into small rowboats, like you said. To so assist. they can't even do that. All right. Well, God's wishy washy now. God's God's a little. Oh, all right, I'll, let's I'll, hold I'll off. Bring the rain to stop the fire, but. You're not getting in a robot. But then also, yeah, no reinforcements. We Let's keep this a fair fight. Um, 
Now, to make matters worse for Major Anderson, he, he he's run out of food now on the morning of the April oh, the 13th. So he's uh, he's cooked his last little bit of salt pork. All the biscuits and crackers are, have, have been extinguished. He's now at the point I, where if the siege lasts much longer. Yeah, I'm guessing I'm guessing all the fish in the bay have been uh, scared off, too. So he can't really send anybody to go fishing. Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, think you're, I don't think you're fishing with gunshots going off every two minutes. Much. Yeah, no. I mean, you have you have we have windows. Uh, they're just short, yep. and as we yeah, know, yeah. fishing takes a bit. <laughs> it does. It does take a bit. Uh, fires will again begin to rage in the morning of of April thirteenth, threatening the remaining powder oh, cache that they have. Uh, like the, one of, oh shit! It's gonna blow it all yeah, up. Yeah, it's potentially. Yeah. So now Major Anderson is more concerned about fighting the fire than actually returning fire. Um, at <laughs> well, and what good is his returning fire doing anyway? It, I well, mean, I, well, we're gonna get there, Johnny. About what good is any of this fire doing? Um, at one o'clock, the flagstaff at Fort Sumter is going to take a hit and it's going to fall down. This this glorious banner behind me, which is which is what was flying oh, above no. Fort Sumter, so they uh, won. Then uh, it, it it falls down, so they do. Yeah, they're, they're out of the That's, flag. It's game over. And, it, and it's funny you say that, Johnny, because Confederate Lewis T. Wigwall will take this as a sign of surrender and, without Beauregard's permission, is going to uh, somehow brave the waters of of the of you know, of, of, of Fort Sumner and he's going to get in his own boat and he's going to go up to Fort Sumner. And without his superior's permission. Without, without Beauregard's permission. Uh, and he's going to go brave these waters, go up to Major Anderson and say, hey, all right, so are you surrendering? Are you not surrendering? Meanwhile, How's he the get- rounds are still coming in. Like the Confederates it, haven't yeah, seized they're, fire. Right, they're still shooting. So, and obviously the, the uh, uh, we have stopped shooting back because we're trying to tend the fires. Was fires and that's yeah. how he was able to get to to, uh, to the Fort Sumner. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Major Anderson initially says, no, I'm not going to surrender. But then looks out at the bay, sees that Vasa Fox has not been able to make an approach to give them any more reinforcement. He's out of food. He's really limited on ammunition. I mean, at this point, He's got fires that he's trying to put out before they what get are you to the defending? powder cache and blow. Like, what are you defending at this point? Exactly. So at 2.30 p.m. on April 13th, after 34 hours of continuous bombardment, Jesus. Major Anderson waves the white flag and says, all right, we're good. We've had enough. Through this 34-hour engagement, approximately 4,000 rounds have been fired in the Charleston Harbor between Union forces and Confederate forces. Holy cow. 4,000 rounds. And Johnny, can you guess how many casualties we have? How many How many dead? Okay, so 4,000. Oh, I mean, God, it's got to be in the hundreds. Big old whopping zero. There is a Confederate <laughs> horse killed. Oh. Um, uh, but Did it there have is- a heart attack? <laughs> I, think from the noise. I think it might have for the noise. Uh, but there is absolutely zero killed uh, during this engagement. So they literally uh, just spent uh, 4,000. Well, okay, the Confederate was probably... 2,500 to 3,000 that you got to figure, right? They were the majority. Of oh, it. I would say, I would or say even more, maybe. more like 3,500. Okay, so they yeah. spent all of that for, I guess they got the surrender. They did. They did and that's surrender. what they wanted. But man, does that seem to be at a pretty high cost if you're going to start a war. Other than some small fires that have been started in the yeah. fort itself, the fort, for the most part, not that it's undamaged, but it's not. Like you can still use it's the still fort. A fort. Guns yeah. are still there. It still works. It just, it just um, smells like smoke now. It's, it just, it, it's, you know, <laughs> there's some charred bits of it. And then, you know, that's fine. On April 14th, Johnny, there will be the formal surrender uh, with with a big ceremony to be had. There are drums oh, being played. A, cer- there are, 
Who's throwing a ceremony? It's the South, right? Well, I, well, you know, we're giving a send-off ceremony. So, uh, so Major Anderson dons his best uniform. His men dress up in the best uniform. Wait, they dress up to surrender. Yes, uh, and then are, they celebrate. Yeah, there, and they decide that there is a good idea to have a fifty-gun salute for yes, the, I, the uh, whole for the celebration's ceremony. a bad idea. What are they doing? Well, there's going to be a 50-gun salute. That's okay. what's decided. All right. The Ford Let's... is going to fire off 50 guns for, for the Whatever. old Star Spangled Banner here. Cool. The problem is, during the 50-gun salute, Johnny, Uh-oh. Uh, there was a spark that hit a limber box around a cannon. And now that cannon went boom, boom. And right off the bat, we got one guy who dies, one Union <laughs> soldier who dies. What? Another Union they... soldier is going to lose his life several days later due to his injuries. And four others are going to be injured. What the? So six casualties during this. Yes. Celebration of surrendering while you're leaving an island after 4,000 rounds, 3,500 rounds, whatever, from the Confederate got zero. You went ahead and that's efficiency. They're so much more efficient already than the South. Like, yeah, y'all are doing it good. You're killing them I, I with hope, way less fire power. So I hope this doesn't Just, become a, a trend where the Union has a ha- habit of, of hurting itself more than the Confederates are actually able to hurt I them. I mean, but, yeah, just learn yeah. to aim your fire for crying out loud. How's the Confederate cool with them just firing 50 rounds? Like, why didn't they just point it at them? I guess probably right? out of range, whatever. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Major Anderson, after the battle, is going to say that uh, um, our southern brethren have done grievously wrong. They have rebelled yeah. and have attacked their father's yeah. house and their loyal brothers. They must be punished and brought back. But the necessity breaks my heart. So essentially, Major Anderson is saying, we got to go to war now. We got to teach them a lesson. But I really regret the loss of life that this is going to cause. I mean, no one likes punishing their children. Um, but sometimes yeah. you got to learn a lesson. Uh, Major Anderson and his men will be put onto a Confederate boat and transported several days later to Union side to Union vessels, so that they are—they're not put into a POW camp. There's no, okay. there's none of that yet. They are allowed. But there's to go no back none home. captured in the the casualty report from this. Just uh, uh, and not even any uh, dead. Uh, or no, yeah, the, the the casualty report. Casualty report is 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 a mule. Zero. Nothing. A mule. Uh, the yeah, mule. oh, well, a horse too, right? Yeah, well, the horse, mule, horse. I mean, they're a hooved riding animal. A hooved, Tommy. A, a hooved riding animal. They're a little different, anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's all all the casualties were uh, post surrender. Post surrender. Yep, 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 yep. On the 14th, Abraham Lincoln would call for 75,000 men to suppress the Southern Rebellion, and war is declared, uh, but not really declared, Johnny, because oh. see, that would take an act of Congress. Which oh, okay. Lincoln doesn't have. Right. And, and in order to but. declare war on the Confederacy, Congress has and, to and Abraham Lincoln would have to acknowledge the Confederacy exists. They haven't done that so they're, yet. So they're not going to do that. Well, they're not going to do that. So what they're doing Every- is they're. Lincoln is calling for 75,000 troops, which is the most that he can call without congressional approval, uh, to suppress a rebellion that's internal. So this is more of a okay. this is more of a police action than it is a war. It is a civil war, Johnny, but not a official declared war. Okay, seems to me like uh, this is sh- he should have done when he took office. 
Which is what he should have done, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, probably, but we'll see. Well, I guess Because there was a rebellion they shot twice before. Like, there was clearly a rebellion and people were seceding. Maybe take action then and we could have avoided this mess. But he didn't. Well, most of that was Buchanan's fault. But but we didn't. But Buchanan didn't. Lincoln didn't. Now shots are fired. Now shots are reciprocated. And Lincoln is calling for 75,000 men to suppress the rebellion. Uh, yeah. in, in the southern states that have formed a confederacy. So we'll see. We'll see how this pans out. I'm thinking a quick quick end. I mean, they can't. I mean, come on. They can't. Our first battle was zero casualties with a dead horse. I mean, they literally can, shot 4,000 rounds and couldn't kill anybody. What the hell are they going to do with a whole ass war? How bad can this get? 